Hey now, hey Chris, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, Scott? Nothing, nothing at all. Just uh, another week, another what, episode four. Yeah, Battlecast four. Battlecast four. On... Nice, nice. So, uh, what's been happening since last time we were on? Oh, let's see. Uh, we've got like four feet of snow. Oh yeah, lots of snow. Uh, New England, uh, especially Massachusetts, New New Hampshire. Massachusetts got nailed. More than New England, uh, more than the rest of New England. Like, uh, there's probably what, like a five inch difference between what you got and what I got in twenty, what twenty minute drive. Yeah, easily. Yep. And uh, I just love how weatherman is the only job you can physically lie to somebody's face on TV and still be employed the next day. Well, the thing is, I say it all the time: is this. So, if you're a weatherman in Idaho, you don't have that trump card to go. Oh, it blew out the sea. Here in Massachusetts, if we miss something. Or oh, we don't get the storm that they said because they were just completely off. They say, oh, it blew out to sea. And who's going to call them out on it? No one. No That's one. why, like, Idaho, Montana. If they say, oh, they can't say it blew out to sea because somebody in another state's going to call them out on it. It's that uh, simple. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, but I just like how they were like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Like, Franklin, uh, all down in the south part of the uh, Massachusetts there, they're like, yep, it's just going to be, you know, three to five inches. Yeah, 15 inches. Yeah, who was it? Uh, Milford? Milford, yes. Milford, 16 inches or something like yeah. that. But, you know, because we're used to it up here and we have great DPWs, because uh, hats off to those guys, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, the roads are down to uh, concrete and asphalt. Like, yeah. Nothing on the roads. It was unbelievable. Yeah, But still, people can't drive, though, right? <clears throat> or brush the snow off their car. Yeah, <clears throat> no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's... How many yeah. calls do you guys get for that? Uh, I lost count after uh, <laughs> the first five minutes. We, we are still getting calls for that today. The now, best was the picture of the Boston uh, Boston PDK9. The cruiser, yeah. That had all the snow on the top. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know what? You're not exempt, and you should do it. But then again, you don't know. That guy could have got a hot call out of the, right out of the gate. It's true. And, you know, I, so. you know to vouch for K9, they do do a lot. Yep. Um, especially with Boston State Police, you know, a lot of their dogs. Um, they're 24/7 365 always working. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. But take that extra 5 seconds and just clean off your car. If you can go outside and warm it up, you can quickly just brush off the top of your car. Yep, no, I agree. I agree. It's the law now in Massachusetts and uh what is it? Jessica's law in New Hampshire? I think so. You know what the good thing about it? in Massachusetts depends on how bad you want to screw the guy because you can write him for two ways. You can write him for the impeded operation, right? Yeah. Or you can write him for unsecured load. Because the unsecured load one is 250 bucks, and what they do is you can get that because you can't have anything that's capable of falling off your vehicle onto the roadway. So a little creative, uh, a little creative writing there. It's true. Can, yeah, so you can whack them either way, and they're both surcharges in the Massachusetts. Wonderful. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah. Interesting. What else is going on? Anything? Nothing. So we, we talked about um, comfort dogs last time. On last we did. Episode. That's right. Yeah, we were talking about uh, Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin from Franklin, Franklin PD. PD. Which, which you just told me that I guess they use that. So recap on that. So uh, Ben Franklin is a dog that was donated to the Franklin Police Department of Franklin, Massachusetts. And at traumatic scenes, they bring the dog to comfort people. And I guess it's 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 a good thing. It's working. You know, if you follow them on Facebook, you'll see that the dog is usually in dispatch. It's mm -hmm. hanging out there, but it's been out on the road. It's gone to a few of the schools. It's gone to the library, town hall. Nice. Uh, it's made its way around, and you can see the positive effects that it's been having on people. Yeah. Everybody loves dogs. Oh, it, of course. Everybody and it's a small dogs. golden retriever puppy. You know what? And so 
what we know. So now we're seeing the ambulance calls. And if I mean, if you like, we we incorporate hidden battles. We incorporate uh, EMTs and paramedics because of the fact that they see all the trauma that everybody else does. I mean, they're right on the road with us. So Armstrong Ambulance out of Arlington, Mass. Uh, they actually have a new uh, comfort dog too. His name is Willie Blue Armstrong. So that's we you can't go wrong with Willie Blue. The only well, he's the other blue that I don't know. Sir. Do you trust that I do not want to see you die here tonight? Sir, yes, sir. Blue, you're my boy. See? So Blue's his boy. But so, listen, why don't we go into this? We, we, always, uh, we always do it start off the right way, and we, uh, we didn't do it this time. So, like I said, we do uh, post-traumatic stress suicide prevention for vets and first responders, and so we get a couple numbers for you. So we have the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. It's uh, 1-800-273-TALK. It's one 800 273 Talk eight two five five for veterans press one for police press two. We also have text to talk. You uh, text T A L K or blue B L U E. So it's easy. Blue my boy to seven four one seven four one. I think it's pretty easy. Or as Chris likes to say, who else do you call, Chris? Nine one one if you really have an emergency. So there's always somebody there to listen to you. So I don't doubt that you're alone. There's always somebody. There's a perfect, really good stranger that'll listen to you. And you know, you'd be surprised if your friends they'll listen to you too. So uh, if you feel like you're on the edge, you need someone to talk to. Those are some outlets, or just pick up the first uh, phone number in your contact and give them a call. They'll help you out. So what else you got, Chris? Well, you know, we, uh, we have a few events coming up. We have the couples cooking class on Saturday the 16th. That's mac and cheese night, right? Mac and cheese. Mac and and cheese that, is that, I believe that's sold out now, is it? Yes. Yeah, it, it actually sold out within an hour. So we, uh, if we decide to go with a bigger venue, we can uh, take more people on. But, I, you know, we like you, Tech. We like it there. We do. We do. It's, you know, uh, it's, great, it's a great space. Yep. It's a great space. Uh, we have the Mass Vesta Dog fundraiser down in Bridgewater on Saturday the, Saturday the 9th. 9th. Yep, yep. That's it. Also, uh, we have uh, that's uh, my nephew's birthday, Stephen, an Army veteran who is um, a corrections officer stationed at Fort Leavenworth. Shout out to so, Stephen. Yeah. Happy birthday there on Stephen Saturday. Oldest. There you go, buddy. So, yeah, we have that. Uh, we have a scout coming up. we got Swim at the Mission coming up. That's uh, this summer. Yeah, Swim with the Mission this summer. In April, we have the, is it the Run for the Troops 5K in yes. Andover? Yep, that's the 28th. 28th, yes. Yeah, 28th. So we actually, I think uh, what we did is we sponsored, which gave us 25 bibs. Uh, so we actually have, I think we have 21 runners at this point. Uh, so we still have a couple more bibs left. So if you want to run for free and you want to support the Hidden Battles colors and uh, get out there and do your thing, you know, make yourself look good and make us look better. Uh, then, by all means, reach out to us at podcast.hiddenbattlesfoundation at gmail.com. Or you can go to any one of the outlets that we have. We have the Hidden Battles on Facebook, the Hidden Battles on, uh, just drop the. So it's just Hidden Battles on Facebook, Hidden Battles on Instagram, Hidden Battles on Twitter, and soon we'll be on LinkedIn, which I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. So. I have like a personal account on LinkedIn, and I haven't even figured it out. I kind of just I follow the directions on how to use it, and go on every now and then and like and comment and congratulate somebody on a job well done. Oh, or you'll get the congratulate them on their one year anniversary of this employment. Yeah, when it's really like not even a year yet. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no, I have a personal one too. So you can actually find us there. So once again, you can find me Scott Heider on LinkedIn. You can find Chris at Chris Hurst on LinkedIn, or just look up Hidden Battles, and you'll find us there also. So, what you got, bud? Well, uh, we do yoga classes with Hidden Battles, and uh, 
I found something the other day. So I'm a big uh, Facebook person. I like to look at all the news and the little clips on it. And I've been bombarding Scott with millions of uh, videos and links and everything you can think of. So I finally made our a podcast group for me and him so I didn't blow up his personal page all the time. And one of the ones I sent was how yoga is improving the performance of first responders. And we do a yoga class in cooperation with the YMCA of Greater Lowell, Kevin Morrissey, great friend, as well as a good friend to the foundation. And I just, I'm trying to pitch this, but at the same time, kind of do a, a public service announcement, PSA, for how good yoga is. Now, I've done yoga now twice. And I think you've done it, what, a few times? Yeah. You know what? I And I'm not, oh. if you see me in person, I am not a flexible dude. You will never catch me in yoga pants or skinny jeans or anything like that. But I will tell you, the nights that we go, and it's therapeutic yoga. It's not the, you know, broad daylight type of thing. So it's, it's, it's the room is really kind of dark. Uh, the music's really tranquil. You go through these poses. On occasion, you'll hear me grunt because I'm just not flexible. But halfway through, I usually fall asleep. And that night, because I'm not a sleeper, I sleep like a baby. So I would highly recommend it. And it seems that, you know, we're not trendsetters, but, you know, we're just doing stuff that other people are doing all over the place. But it turns out that, yeah, you found what? This one woman, Olivia, I, I can't even pronounce her last name. I think it's uh, Niv. K-V-I-T-N-E, I think. Knivicate. I don't know. We also, call her K also, Vivid. All right, so K Vivid. Or you could uh, just do Lewis Lane of yoga. Yeah, the lowest lane of yoga because that person said, I have no idea what your last name is, and I'm going to give you a nickname. It's just not going to work. Like Chewbacca. Remember, did you see the solo movie? I don't think so. Dude, that movie's great. But anyway. I don't get out much, okay? No, Chewbacca's name was something that he just was so like all over the top that you know Han Solo, who's a natural space badass, he said, no, that's just not going to work, boy. I'm going to call you Chewy. So that's what they do. When you can't pronounce somebody's name, you just give them a cool nickname. Right, Seahurst? <laughs> right, S. Heide. <laughs> but uh, just here's a quick uh, quick clip from the video about yoga. When I'm teaching in yoga class about trigger discipline and how to stay calm under stress and how to stay calm and in control and at peak performance level when someone's spitting in your face and calling you names. When I'm talking about how to be completely blinded by smoke and being able to use your fine motor skills and while wearing bunker gear, they relate to that, they get it, and they want to be, they want every tool they can to be the best that they can be. So, I mean, that right there sums it up pretty good. I'm going to say when it, being in that position where somebody's yelling in your face and you're actually getting people space, you know, spit on your face, one, you should never let anybody get that close to you. It's that, that personal space and that for defensive taxes, nobody should be that close to you. But two, yeah, that's when your moment of zen comes because you really, really want to put that person in another world, but you just really can't. So... Yeah, this it. You know what? This all makes sense, and you know what? It works. Like I said, it, it's working. It works for me. It works for everybody else I know. And we have, uh, we have uh, ambulance drivers that come. We have firemen. We have police officers that come. I know guys that are on SWAT teams that do yoga. Um, Chris Jericho, the wrestler. Oh yeah, that yeah. guy does yoga. And if you've seen him, 
holy crap, the guy's ripped. So yoga's, I mean, it's it's the real deal. I, I mean, as goofy as it is, and you just don't wear the pants, you know, if you're a guy. And if you are a guy, that's a, that's an added plus. There's women with those pants on, so there you go. But I would say if you can find, and I know that there's places here in Massachusetts and in New Hampshire that actually offer it free to veterans and first responders, you just have to ask them for it. They're not really advertising it, but if you want to know who's doing it, I happen to have a list for you. I'm not giving it over the thing, but you'll have to text us or you'll have to send us a message at podcast.hiddenbattlesfoundation at gmail.com. So, yeah, we don't give everything away here. We want to get some interaction. We want you guys to send us some emails. You know, yeah, hey, listen, this is goofy, and we do some goofy stuff, and we say some goofy things. But, you know, in between that, we will give us some informational things and stuff that's going to help you. But, yeah, we do. I do have a small list of uh, yoga facilities and studios that will give you free if you're a first responder. And, actually, some of them do them for the husbands and wives. Really? Uh, yeah. So it's a good thing. So reach out to us at any one of the outlets that we have, or you know, and I'll get that information to you. Depending on where you live, I'll see if I can find somebody else. But, yeah, people, there's a lot of people out there that are dying to help our first responders, our veterans, but they just don't know how to do it. They don't know how to get out there. So yeah. just hit us up. So let's. Uh, I'm going to just continue on with the, what Olivia has. She has a few a little bit more tidbits of info, and then we'll move on to uh, something else. As I was studying yoga, I realized the original intention of it is to train warriors. First responders are out there in domestic combat, really, day in and day out. And then they go home to their family. They have to do this 180 emotional transition. And it's extremely difficult on the nervous system. So these statistics of burnout and PTSD and suicide, alcoholism, sleep deprivation, injuries, all these things were happening. And I saw that yoga was a solution. I mean, I was learning and mastering and teaching these things. It was this clear solution to the problem so she uh started the non-profit yoga for first responders oh nice and where's she located again i i want to say it's in washington but. okay well i will tell you there's a place right in salem new hampshire that does yoga for veterans and first responders uh, like i said the y and lowell which is right off the lowell connect it's so easy to get to uh there's ample parking and That'll be kicking off soon for us. Uh, there is a couple other places. A place in Chelmsford. If you hit me up, I will give you her information. Uh, so they're out there. And you know it. If you're in a, you're a police department and you're one of those high-speed cats that wants to get training and all this other stuff and, you know, bond with the, your line mates or whatever, I'm telling you, call any one of your local yoga studios, and they'll make time for you. And if they don't give you a decent price, then call me, and I will talk them into giving you a decent price, which hopefully would be free. Fingers crossed. And, you know, she made a good point that they're literally doing an 180 degree turn and uh, coming right back to their to their families. And there's a letter that was written by a dispatcher out in. I want to say it was Virginia. Her name was Lynette McManus Jeter. And uh, she made national news actually uh, not too long ago. Uh, she wrote a, a uh, I don't know if it was a letter or if it was uh, some type of an essay, but she titled it Just a Dispatcher. And I've dispatched now for five years for police, fire, EMS, um, but I'm on the job as well. And it's tough to understand exactly what dispatchers do as far as 
the stress. They're known as the first first responders. So if you think about it, when you dial 911, somebody has to pick up that phone. It's not usually a police officer. It's not usually a firefighter. And sometimes it may or may not be somebody who works in the uh, EMS field. And some of the best cops come out of dispatch, which I will tell you. Because actually, I say that almost every cop that's a good cop that I've ever worked with has been a dispatcher. And it's just because of the fact that you understand it from both ends. You know what to, what to look for, and you know what to ask for. We're opposed to, I don't know, some, some police officers in certain towns are actually the dispatchers, too. So, yeah, it, but. it really depends on how the town's structured and how it's set up. But uh, she works out in, I think it's uh, Herico County, Virginia. And she ended up writing a, an essay, and it says, In order to understand who I am, you must first understand what I do. It's true. You yeah, know, absolutely. that job can be very stressful when you have the mother calling about your three-week-old kid who's not breathing or giving a daughter instructions on how to do CPR on her father before he, ta- he may have taken his last breath. Yep, absolutely. You know, it's it sits with you. And sometimes dispatchers, depending on if you work for a regional center, if you work actually for the department that you're dispatching for, you may or may not know what the outcome of that call is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it hits you and sits with you. Well, I say, like, with local stuff, if you're, like, the, you know, you're the local kid that works for your local police department, it's your neighbor, it's your friend, it's your cousin that you're actually Somebody you grew calls, up but, with. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, dispatching's not an easy thing. I mean, you guys get to sit there and watch TV and eat bagel bites and stuff like that. But, but still, you're in the fish tank. People come in all sorts of the time, and they take everything out on you before we get there. And they talk to you different because you're not right there in front of them. No. Know, so. And, you know, you get the people that scream and yell at you and call you names in X, Y, and Z. But at the same time, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. So I know. let me help you. I get it. Oh, it's you know what? And and oh, I can't watch cop movies. I Yeah, no. So being a dispatcher, you can't watch that stupid Halle Berry dispatcher movie, right? No, no. All right. So see a week. All right. I can't. Oh, cop movies drive me crazy. You know, I can I can on occasion. I'm a big fan of Blue Bloods uh, with uh, Tom Skellig. It's just a soap opera, but, though. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I like that. I like the TV show SWAT that's on CBS there. And no, see, f- I'm old school. I like the old SWAT. I, oh, know, yeah. Huge, uh, yeah okay. You know, when they drove around on the blue bread box. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, the new ones I can't watch because I, you know what? They get search warrants in five minutes. It's ridiculous. They, yeah. DNA results and, you know, they prick your blood. They walk in the other room. They come back and they say, we know it was you. You want to confess now? Yeah, no what, kidding. What the hell did you, what just happened? You know, it, so. It's yeah, it's not and realistic. No, and no, uh, no female police officer ever wears a fitted suit, heels, and gets in a foot chase with heels and somehow catches up with the guy. Yeah, even if you work for the FBI or like Secret I, Service or CIA or anything, you're you, not wearing that. No, you dress like a bellboy. But yeah, no, I, I can't stand that. Hey, you done with that? I want to talk about something else. Yeah, what do you got? Well, we got uh we were talking about the marijuana use with post traumatic stress and saying oh, how it works. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah. So we got some um we got a, an email from a clinician friend of ours, um, Carrie, who sent us something, and so I read it. And you know what? For every one of these, there's going to be ten that are written by somebody else who says, "Oh, it's not true." But all right. So there's a guy. He's a doctor, Matthew Tull, Ph.D. And Stephen Gans, uh, MD, they did a, a study, and I love studies because you know what? It's not opinion; it's actually fact. True, right? So, high rates of marijuana used among post-traumatic stress uh, post-traumatic stress uh, sufferers 
cope and uh, use to cope lead to more problems. A couple of the problems: anxiety disorder, eating disorder, substance use disorder. So it's a, it, they're saying it's a gateway. So if you read this, what it does is actually adds to depression. It actually adds to anxiety. And this was study was done over uh, over more than four thousand, uh, sorry, five thousand people across the United States that this was done, and they actually went through. And they said sixty five percent of them, at some point, uh, used it. And then they said, uh, compare that to only 41% of the people without post-traumatic stress. So 65% of these people that they actually uh, they did the study on had post-traumatic stress, and the 41% did not. However, they said that the ones with the post-traumatic stress, it led to bigger and, and worse problems than just post-traumatic stress. So like I said before, you're, you're, uh, you're basically a walking chemical kit. You know, the more chemicals you put into you, you're either going to benefit or you're not going to benefit. And it's just saying that we are a chemical imbalance with everything else going on with you that you probably shouldn't be putting more chemicals into yourself. That's pretty much what this is saying. Facts. Facts. So, Proven so, statements. Yeah, so if you want to find this, right, it's on a website called verywellmind.com. And uh, it's it, this is actually a great site, but it's under the PTSD coping um, if you scroll to that. But yeah, two medical doctors said that. Not uh not your buddy who's uh you know Captain Cool on Fortnite, you know. It this is somebody who actually is a clinician or, you know, a doctor saying it. So, not just me, I'm just reading. Is it Dr. Kim? The no, name? Dr. Kim. <laughs> For those Space of Force, yeah. Space oh. Force 1. Yeah. yeah. For those of you who missed our one of our last episodes, you'll have to listen back to Dr. Kim. Uh, but they did just come out that he graduated the NASA Academy. Oh my God! What is? What's next? To get a master's jacket or something next, like a Super Bowl ring? <laughs> what does this guy he doesn't have? Uh, who knows? But you know what? Then again, think of it though. If we're gonna send somebody into space and aliens are gonna encounter them, we want somebody who's a badass like this guy, because he's gonna think that he represents the rest of us, and they're not gonna come here and mess with us. The guy's a friggin' Navy SEAL. I wonder if he'll be at swim with a mission. Oh, that'd be good. I would love to meet him. We might have some special guests coming and staying with us for Swim with the Mission. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get a, a friend uh, who I'll have to get his permission to actually uh, to get his permission to actually say whether or not we can uh, we can say he's going to be coming because I don't know if there's a security risk or not with him. So yeah. But no. But yeah. Maybe we'll announce that. Maybe we'll have him on because I know that he's overseas now, and I know he should be coming home soon, if all things go well. Which, fingers fingers crossed. God, yeah, fingers God, crossed. God hope I, uh, he comes home well. So uh, that's it. You know, here's one for you. Did you uh, hear about the guy, the sergeant from the, I think it's the Army, um, who ended up getting hit in the head with a machine gun round? Yeah. So what, what happens is this. When you, get, when you draw your equipment... Um, when you're going to get deployed or when you go into the Army, they give you what's called TA-50, right? Usually when you go there, you'll see a flak jacket with, like, something stuck in it, or you'll see a helmet with a round that was in it. But you don't know if they did that on the range or if they did that in combat. This dude actually has his helmet. Like, it's on a plaque, and it's got the bullet on it. It's got a plaque. It's got his name on it, everything. It's certified by the, it looks like, the Army. There's, like, seals and everything. Oh, logos, everything on it. It's how do you beat that? Oh, you walk into somebody's basement. You're like, oh, look, I have a this reproduction signed picture of David Ortiz and, and Tom Brady. What do you got? I got a helmet. 
with a friggin' with a 7.62 round stuck on the side of it. Mic drop. Yeah, you just know what you do. You buy that guy a drink. My That's fa- what you do. My favorite is the story that goes behind it. It was uh, a Sergeant Brian McQueen. He was near the end of his tour in Afghanistan, and he's with the First Security Forces Assistance Brigade. And um, at the end of last year, he and a few of his soldiers and I think it said about 50 Afghans were headed to a security meeting, which was a routine daily assignment for them. And then all of a sudden, machine gun fire erupted just out of nowhere. And he felt what could later only be described as, I believe he said, a horse kick to the back of his head. And he fell flat on the ground, landing on his face, which that would hurt. Um, And then he, within seconds, he was on his feet asking one simple question. Did these... X, Y, and Z, really just shoot me in the head. My God. Yeah. And what it, what it turned out to be uh, two, um, two renegades that were look, the Afghan police, right? Yeah. They, they were actually in that. They, they were like double agents in a sense. They yeah, were supposed two, to be helping us, but they were, they were there for the Taliban. Yeah, they were the two Fantastic. rogue Afghan uh, police, and they formed a planned attack, and... They ended up opening fire, but, you know, now he has his... Uh, Wait, he got hit by a Russian PK machine gun? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I mean, ak forty. anything's going to hurt. Put it that way. AK-47s, but, yeah, it, it's uh, it's mounted to a machine. It was mounted to a truck, so he got hit by a technical. Jesus. Well, if you God. see the... If you Google this guy, if you search his name... Uh, once again, it's Sergeant Brian McQueen, M-C-Q-U-E-E-N. He's a big bastard. Look at him. Uh, his wife is, you know. She's tiny. Tiny compared to him. And he's holding the his helmet. And that thing is, I will say, about the size of a softball, if not bigger. That thing is huge. On his helmet. Yeah. And it's a 762, 54-millimeter yeah. round. Yeah, 7.62. So it, it got a belt-fed machine gun mounted in the back of a, a Toyota pickup truck on a technical, and he gets shot in the back of the head. But no, it's necessary. If you ever go to Fort Benning, Georgia, you go into the Infantry Hall of, uh, infantry Museum, and they actually have artifacts. And I haven't been there since, oh, God, uh, like 2000. But they had artifacts. They had a, a flak jacket. They had a helmet. They had some boots. And they had a bunch of stuff from the um, Battle of Mogadishu for Black Hawk Down. And you'll see they have helmets that have bullet holes in them. They have a flak jacket that has half. Oh, my God. That helmet's un- annihilated. Yeah. It it literally looks like someone peeled the, the Kevlar apart. And if you know what Kevlar is, Kevlar's woven material that's actually absorbs energy. This thing looks like a, like a mouse has made a nest in it. It looks like it's just it's torn apart and there's just a bunch of cotton hanging out of it. The helmet withstood the impact of a machine gun round at a distance of about 20 feet. The newest helmets Jeez. the Army is now fielding are even stronger and lighter. That's amazing. I mean, this this is literally... It's, an enha- it's called the Enhanced Combat Helmet. So I wonder if... Well, all right, so, you know, you sit there and you talk to the old-timers, and they say the steel pot, and they always had that, that pressed steel... Uh, helmet, which really didn't do anything to, for gunshots, you know, a gun uh, gunfire, because my Uncle Herb, who, God rest his soul, just passed away, he was a massive sergeant in Korea, and he had his helmet, and I gotta find out where that went, but he had it, and it had a hole that went right through the top and came out the back, and it had skimmed the top of his head. So you have that, then you went from that to 
the Kevlar. And the Kevlar was heavy, and people kind of bitched about it. And But you know what? I wore that thing for 10 years, and I'll tell you, it was heavy, but it was worth it. Because you actually found certain, I think it was like um, a company out in Oregon. It was like Oregon Supply or something made these awesome inserts for yeah. it. Yeah. all the pain. Yeah. Because like that netting thing just kind of hurt your head. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, so now they're making a new one that's lighter and more efficient. That's awesome. That's exactly what they should be doing. And then you know what's great is all our SWAT guys will start getting it. Yeah. Which will be beneficial. You Absolutely. Know, so. It seems like it's lighter weight and everything else reading the article. But my favorite is when he went got to the hospital in um, Cabal, he ended up, he was like, oh, I should probably tell my wife on what happened. <laughs> so he, you know, he chuckled and he didn't handle it all that well. But he sent her a text uh, and he first said, has she been contacted by anyone from the family readiness group for the unit? And I think the answer was no. He said, good, then let uh, let me tell you that I'm in the hospital in Cabal. I'm fine, but I get shot in the head. Yeah, how do you do that? That's the, hey, everything's okay, and then you wait for the but. But. Yeah, but. So what is, oh, now see, I don't know. This guy's got to be a badass, all right? So here's a quote. There is no doubt that Staff Sergeant McQueen would not have survived if the impact had, uh, had not been if he had not been wearing the helmet said lieutenant colonel ginger whitehead that guy has got like the biggest killer name ever if he's on the battlefield it's like oh shit here comes ginger whitehead that guy oh yeah i don't know so yeah so it definitely said that that saved his life and you know what i don't know if that's a lucky save or if would that every helmet do that i i don't know you know what i mean this is literally what testing and years and years of testing and trial and error does for you and that's why we love natick labs in natick massachusetts where all half yeah. this crap is invented so but that, dude, that's nuts but you know speaking of bullets yeah uh so oh, our cornhole nice tur- our segue this our, is perfect our cornhole that. tournament is coming up september 28th at the bilrica elks once again cornhole tournament september 28th at the bilrica elks look out more for that um but we just had a brand new company it's called ben shot b-e-n-s-h-o-t all one word you can check them out at benshot.com and it is literally beer glasses steins wine glasses mugs Shot glasses. You name it, they have it. And they make it themselves. They're not going to Christmas tree shop and picking up cheap crap. They actually, they have glassmiths or whatever they're called it's, there, right? It's father and son owned, both veterans, I believe, from when I looked at it. And I came across them because I think one of my friends or something posted something someplace. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I wonder, you know, they do a ton of helping nonprofits for veterans and everything else. I go, let me reach out to them, see if they'll make a donation of raffle items or something for us. And sure enough, they donated a, uh, a couple items, a yeah. few items. Yeah, rocks glass, a shot glass. I think that's it. Yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah. But what do they do? They offer a, a code. So use this code, and you'll get a discount. What's the code? What is it? So the code, the promo code is BenShot25. And you get 25% off your order on benshot.com, www.benshot.com. And they're out of Wisconsin, family-owned company, nice. uh, veteran-owned. Yep. And, you know, it's handmade in the United States. It's not gone out or whatnot. But if it gives you a comment section, tell them that you learned from them uh, from Hidden Battles. Yeah, tell them, yeah. Give us a, just give a little credit, you know, because that's, that's usually how we, we get our 
our stuff donated to us is we we give a little plug to everybody that helps us out I, we could oh we could go on forever we get a lot of uh a lot of free donated stuff from people yeah so, so. You, i mean this year alone we've had i don't know a dozen things already and mm-hmm. The Cornhole Tournament's not till September. Yep. So if anyone listening here owns a company, partakes in a company, and wants to do a sponsor for the event or wants to donate a raffle item, mm-hmm. you know, check out our Facebook page, send us a message, shoot us an email at podcast.hiddenbattlesfoundation at gmail.com, uh, and we'll get the info over to you. We'll be posted on our Facebook and website Who shortly. Knows? Maybe we'll even talk to you and talk about you, and we'll plug your uh, your business and We'll get you out there. I like this stuff so well, Chris. I th- we're definitely going to have to put a picture of it up on our website. Yeah, so absolutely. Go to our, our uh, Hidden Battles page on Facebook, and you'll actually see what this stuff is. And this is good quality stuff. And I know that there's a lot of companies that are doing this. But like I said, I know that a lot of companies aren't making their own stuff. They're getting it from China. Yeah. And you can tell when you pick it up. It's it's packaged like crap. It feels like crap. It looks like crap. And you know what? Anything from China, I don't want to put my lips on it. I don't want to drink from it. So I, you know what? Good. I'll, this stuff here, I get 100% behind. Absolutely. And, and you know what? Even on their website, it says that they donate portions of their proceeds to different nonprofits and whatnot. So, you know, if you give us a quick shout out plug to them, um, maybe some of the funding and stuff that they get will end up getting donated back to Hidden Battles for future programs or whatnot. Uh, I'm still working with them. We're still new to them. They're new to us. So, you know, check them out. Yeah, Absolutely. Another one of our uh, our friends and sponsors, the Flagman. Oh yes, Dave. Medeiros. Dave. I, you know what? I I gotta call. I gotta I gotta give a plug to Dave. Dave Medeiros is uh, from Swansea, Mass. He is a great guy. If you want any flag made and it's cheap, I don't know how the guy's making money doing this, but he has sponsored us out of the kindness of his heart. He's given us tons of um, material to raffle off. He's given it for uh, um, events and stuff like that. But if you have a picture of your dog. You have a picture of your kid. Uh, you, you're one of those crazy parents that has uh, you know, a picture of, your, picture of your dog and your kid. And you want to have a, a flag made, just look him up. He is The Flag Man on Facebook and Instagram, right? So it's yeah. FTM. If you go to that, definitely hit him up. Tell him that we sent you. Say, Scott and Chris from Hidden Battle sent you. He will take care of you. I think like a 3 by 5 flag is like 20 bucks shipped. I mean, that's ridiculous. I, I can tell you it's $5 for the damn envelope because we ship stuff. Yeah. And that's what it, it's just for the envelope itself. So think of that. So like I said, you can go on our webpage. You can, you can go on our uh, our Instagram and you'll see all his material because and all his products because we have a flags made. When somebody, we do an event, we have flags made for our sponsors and stuff like that. And they all love them, which I have to spend. I have to send out, by the way. Still haven't done that. Monday. 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 Lots going on. Lots going on. I so. hear you. I hear you. But yeah, so what else do you have? Not much. What's up with you? Not a whole heck of a lot. No. You know, Red Sox are doing good in spring training, but yeah. But I want to talk about something that's really kind of uh, kind of near and dear to our heart, and especially moving to New Hampshire. I'm very proud of this. New Hampshire has a flagship uh, suicide prevention program for uh, for veterans right now. It is the model. For all of the 50 states right now, to the point that every other state is calling up and saying, how is this working for you? And 45 just signed it in that he's going to aim to stop suicide for veterans. He just signed an executive order. So good on you, Trump. I don't care what anybody says. No politician's a great politician, but this guy's actually doing some really great things. So 
just out of Manchester, New Hampshire. They just uh, announced that they have this flagship program. It's amazing. It's hitting all the press. So, yeah, let's talk about that. I think that it's great that the Northeast is coming through and, and doing something about it, where everybody's saying they want to do something about it. Uh, you have big corporate companies that say that they're fundraisers or, you know, nonprofits, and they say, oh, yeah, we're going to jump on the post-traumatic stress train now because there's a lot of money going into it. But this is actually being done. So it's saying, what do you got? I actually haven't even watched the video and doesn't have too much about the uh but what's it's just saying that he signed he signed order into aiming stop and veteran suicide new hampshire already is tackling the problem which is true so the manchester va has programs and it's a pilot program that's going on and i don't really know that much about it because we are kind of working on our own program now uh which in a couple weeks will uh will announce but this is this is perfect this is what we really need to do we need to kind of nip this in the bud um, it's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to come up with a kind of a preventative maintenance or a, a monthly uh, checkup for your brain and with through programs. And uh, I think this is what Manchester is already doing and taking care of. So, like I said, you look the stuff up, and we can talk about it all day long. But you're going to get sick of hearing us. But according hey. to according to the government, veterans uh, who are in their first year of civilian life commit suicide nearly twice as much. As other veterans, and uh, veterans are twice as likely com to commit suicide as those who never served. So just let that sink in for a second. No, it is. A lot of it is, is when you come home from being in the military, which is very structured, um, you, you know you, you know exactly what you're doing every day. And if you don't get out of the military and jump right into something that's going to keep you occupied, and you have a lot of downtime, you know, where... You're sitting around and you start to lose that community and, you know, where every day you're seeing the same guys, you joke, you smoke, you know, you have your mission plan for the day and that's what you're doing. But a lot of guys are coming home and they're like, all right, I'm going to go to college, which is great. Some guys come home and don't know what they want to do with their lives because they've actually taken something up in the military that really doesn't translate well into the civilian world, whether it's infantry or, you know, or, or something like that. So there's that lag between military you getting uh discharge and trying to pick up where civilian life is and i think that's where that one year comes into because people don't really know what to do with their lives sure and they find in you know fall into that lull which is what we like to do we like to try to bring that sense of community back to the veterans and bring them with into without uh veterans who are the firefighters or just the firefighters or the police officers too because it's that same sense of community and that's why a lot of our first responders jump into public service as a fireman or vet, you know, as a policeman or corrections sure. office or dispatch, it's because of that sense of community, that belonging, that, you know, that structure. So that's probably what I believe that one year mark is, is what you find. And it turns into drinking, it turns into substance abuse because it's just a lot of downtime. And, you know, a lot of people either A, don't like going to the VA or B, find that they don't have the resources necessary for them. But on a positive side, the executive order actually seeks to use more resources uh, than just the VA to solve the problem uh, of veteran suicide. Uh, and the three quick bullet points, let me see if it's sitting right here. Uh, expand peer community outreach and group sessions in the VA whole health initiative from 18 whole health flagship facilities to all facilities. Uh, so that's going to be huge, going from just 18 of them to every single one. Uh, extend the Department of Defense's Be the 
their peer support call and outreach center services to provide peer support for veterans in the years following separation from the uniformed service. And then finally, expand the Department of Defense's military one source, which offers resources to active duty members to include services to separating service members to one year beyond service separation. But the executive order doesn't give any of the agencies additional funding yet uh, to accomplish their mission, but so far we're in a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Any step in the right forward is a step in the right direction. Sitting back and not doing anything about it is is horrible. And there should be something. There should be some traction because this has been going on for how, you know, you got the war on terror and the war on uh, for Iraq and Afghanistan is what? Set, what 19 years now yeah. almost 19 19 almost well, 20 yeah 20 years well I think? 2001 right to now yeah. so 18 18 years. almost 19. we had guys on the ground at that time anyway so think about that so but let's segue into something even better so what was just approved you know the national desert storm and desert shield war memorial it's going to be a new monument in dc i saw um, that yeah Who? So it was actually signed into, uh, signed into, and approved by Congress and in, by President Trump, and it's supposed to be built by 2021 and going to be at the National uh, Mall in Washington, D.C., which cool. I think is great. Um, so we lost, uh, I think it was 100 and something troops there, um, but the ones that were uh, were wounded or disabled out of that, is, uh, it's unbelievable, the, the staggering amounts of that. You have guys that have... You know, um, what is it? Desert storm syndrome because they were ingesting and uh, inhaling all the burnt oil and all that other stuff. What Saddam Hussein started burning oil fields when he started retreat, right? So you got those guys suffering from that. But I think it's about time. I mean, that was crap. When was that? 90, what, 89? 90 desert storm? Nine, eight, 90? Yeah, 89, 90. So how many years is that? Well, I'm 27. I was born in 91, so I wasn't even around. <laughs> yeah, it's a crap. I mean, geez. So, yeah, think about that. So, well, that's a good thing. So we're starting to recognize more and more uh, generations of uh, veterans. Um, let's see. Uh, so according to this, uh, the construction of the memorial is led by National Desert Storm War Memorial Association. They're 501c3, organized in Washington, D.C. The association is led by... The Honorable Board Chairman, former President George H.W. Bush. Oh, I love Bush. George Bush. So, no, I love the father, but God rest his soul, he's gone. His uh, service dog, I think, just got recommissioned. Really? What was that, that that Springer Spaniel thing you thought he had? No. The the Golden Lab. Yeah, Golden Lab. I always thought he had Springer Spaniels. No, that was what his his service dog was a Golden Lab, I thought. Let's check that out. Um, yeah, I thought it was a. I thought his dog got repurposed. Maybe. Because I. Mm, Let's see. It's. I think it's at a medical center now. I think. Let's see. He's but got I'm, his own Instagram. It's Sully. It named after yeah, um Sully, Sully, Sully. W. Bush. Yeah. yeah. Wait, after. they named after Sully. Sully the pilot. Yeah. yeah. The Hudson River pilot? I think so. No kidding. Huh. Yeah, let's see. Sully the dog. Uh, in December, they said that he visited... Uh, the dog's got its own... He's, oh, my God. He's got 192,000 likes. 
<laughs> on yeah, Instagram. If you were also the president's <laughs> service dog, you would too. My God, I think I have like... Sully, George H.W. Bush's beloved service dog gets a new job in the U.S. Navy. What's he doing there? I believe he's at one of the medical facilities. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah a proud moment for all of us at Vet Dogs this morning as we celebrate the enlistment of Sully H.W. Bush as an HM2 petty officer in Walter Reed, uh, facil- the Bethesda Facility Dog Program. It's off to continue his mission, changing the lives of veterans during their recovery journey. We wish him nothing but the best in his new career. So, he's over at the uh, nice. Walter Reed in Bethesda. That's cool. I thought I saw it. Hey, when you know when dispatchers work, we actually yeah, sometimes watch half half decent stuff like the news. See, I'm a skimmer. I don't know. I just skim. I, I, I do. T- yeah. yeah. So I'm actually looking at some of his Instagram stuff. This dog's lived a good life. Although, wait, wait, who's he being walked by, though? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but no, people are actually leaning over trying to give him treats and stuff. That's that's You don't do that. There was a kid from Massachusetts right before uh, President Bush passed on. Um, there was a kid who worked for him up in at the compound over the summer or whatnot, and he was very close to the Bush family. Yeah. So he asked the president to see if he could write him a letter to help him get into college. Mm-hmm. And right before he passed away, uh, the letter was written. Well, sure enough, kid got into where he wanted to go. Of course, yeah. Um, because it's written by the president of the United States. I know that if you were to go into a military academy, West Point, uh, Annapolis, stuff like that, you need congressional... Yeah. Um, Letters, letters from congressmen saying, you know, as Jen from, reference. Jen from Gulf in uh, Westford. She, oh, yeah, her right. daughter is up yep. in Air Force Academy in Vermont, oh. maybe. But no. she got something from Nikki Songus before Nikki Songus left co- uh, Congress. So she's up at um, Norwich. That's, yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's Army. But, yeah, we won't Army. hold that against you. Sorry. But, no, it's all right. No, uh, she has two daughters. One was going Air Force, one was going Army. Oh, okay. Thought, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, like, skimming through this. I'm looking. I'm, you know, we're going to be all over the place. Baby weighing less than 10 ounces. The tiniest baby boy defies the odds. This thing looks like a... The poor little kid looks like a little hamster. What the... Yeah, that it's like a baby monkey, one of the two. I have no idea. Yeah, it's tiny. It's kind of. Hey, you love your kid. It's beautiful, but no, I'd still say my kid looks like a little baby bird. It's got no feathers. <laughs> it's. <laughs> oh, oh, I. You know what? I, my kid was born really, really short. He, he was real small. He was four pounds. This is Craigie. He was four pounds, ten ounces when he was born, and he fit. In, he fit in the palm of my hand. I'm trying to think. So, I'm a twin for anyone who doesn't know that, but um, we were born premature, and it was, my brother could fit in your palm of your hand, but he was, he was tiny, tiny, tiny. Tiny. You don't know how much? We're going to have to call Carol and figure this out. Yeah, I'll have to call my mom. I'll I'll get back to you. I know that my father was, uh, he was an only child, and- you're going to know why he's the only child. My father was almost 15 pounds born natural. And back in the day, he was born in the kitchen of his of his house. 
So I think after you have birth to a 15-pound baby, you really don't want to have birth to anything else ever again. Yeah. So there was oh. this 10 ounces. Oh my god! I think about it. You eat bigger meals. You, you eat burgers that are. Yeah. Jeez. Have you ever delivered a baby on the job? Close. Yeah. Close. I have. Close. I have over the phone. Yeah. Nope. I've been there when babies are born. Because usually when somebody with more qualification comes in, I kind of step back. You know. So I've been there when babies have been born. Um. But yeah, no, I haven't like caught a baby yet you know i haven't counting fisk the thing yeah so. no i haven't been there but i've been on the phone yeah. when they delivered the baby right as ems is pulling in mm-hmm. i think it's great when when the guys they get the little stork pins yeah like I, have, the, I have one do you yeah you know stork pin i was there but i know guys that are like hey i was there and they get a stork pin i think honestly if, if you're not hands-on if you don't have fluid on you <laughs> uh, yeah as bad I don't as that think sounds you get yeah. the stork pin I, I just don't well one you should burn the uniform because I don't think any amount of dry cleaning is going to is going to fix that <laughs> uniform. In those boots, and get rid of the boots too. Don't clean those and come home with them into your house. Burn them, tie a knot in them, throw them over like a. Know what to do out in front of the person's house? Tie them in knots, throw them over the wires so they dangle in front of the person's house like they do in like when people sell crack and stuff. Yeah, you know, that's what I think you should do with them. But no, just burn that stuff and then put your new stork pin on your new uniform. Because that's the grossest thing. I've been in the houses that have been so bad that I've gotten rid of my uniform. Oof. Like I've gone out and I'm like, I I just can't get that smell off. And I'm just going to well, get rid of them. But on the baby front, uh, delivering babies, there was a call that came in the other day for a lady on the highway in labor on the side of the highway. Mm-hmm. One of the specialty units was off with her. And now this gentleman um, wears... Has a very dirty job. Yeah. Um. He literally just inspects vehicles all day long. He's a truck guy. Truck guy. Oh, I love the truck guys. I used to work with those guys. So I understand that they wear gloves and everything else, but he pulls up thinking it's a disabled vehicle on the side of the highway, and nope, there is crowning happening. Oh, surprise! On the side of the highway. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I know this is going to sound bad, but out of all people, I, he would be the last person I'd want to deliver my uh, a baby. In my car. I'm trying to think who it would be if I know him. I don't want names, but we'll talk about this after. Huh? We will. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's a lot. But yes, of guys. You, you do know who it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that that I've worked with, and I would never ever want delivering my child. I don't want me delivering my child. No. <laughs> I drop everything, so I wouldn't want to be delivering that child. I just, you know, you sit there and you think. I think it's, I think it's amazing that, you know, you're there for it to happen. I think. Um, the husband probably should have started the car up a little quicker. I think maybe he should have been more prepared like me and had, like, the bag <laughs> sitting by the door knowing, hey, listen, it's coming soon, so you sure. might want to be ready. You know, but that's the guy who's like, wait one second, one second. I'm, I want to see who's going to be the winner of Bachelor. Yeah. You know, I, you know, but. Well, then the funny thing is, is, okay, there's a truck team guy already there. 30 seconds later, another truck team guy shows up. Because they were just talking down the street. Of course that. I Well, you can't drive by. He's got to laugh at his buddy because he's buying a new uniform. Exactly. And uh. then somebody else pulls up. Uh, uh, I believe it was a lieutenant and an unmarked. Well, uh, even more useless. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, you have three cops standing on the side of the road. Okay, we can help you deliver the baby. There's not much more I can do. Yeah. Like everybody has med kits and stuff in the back of your car, but uh, we don't have an ambulance like g- gurney just sitting there. 
No, I think what you do is you just do the catch. You, you catch, you wrap them up in a clean blanket. I mean, sometimes you have like those big gauze pads, but I think anything, at this point, I would just, you got any receiving blankets? Uh, yeah. I mean, what's in the bag? What what did what did Dad pack when he was wasting your time that you should have been in the car and driving to the hospital? Phone charger. Yeah, this should have been yeah <laughs> snacks because he's gonna be there hungry while you're screaming. But what is in that bag? There should be like at least a couple of those comfy little blankets that everybody gives because you always get like three thousand blankets. You know, you get a bunch of teddy bears and forty bazillion. You know, preemie underwear or diapers and stuff. So. Like, there's got to be something in the car that you can catch the kid with. My favorite was Channel 7 News because they were doing the traffic update. And the lady was literally like, oh, yeah, and on this highway here uh, going northbound, there is a medical. There's a lot of police action over there. We'll get you more when we get it. Yeah, keep going talking. And I'm like, okay. Whoa, what's that? The helicopter hovering overhead. Segway into the helicopter real quick. There was a video by, I think it was CBS Channel 4 News, that was following a truck on the highway the other day. It was a van. It was like a school van. Yeah. Had snow all over its roof. Yeah. Followed it for like three miles. Yeah. Down the highway. The guy finally realized that, oh, hey, looks up and goes, oh, crap, there's a helicopter following me. Decides to pull over to the side of the highway. Now the helicopter's hovering over him. He gets out of his car with a snow brush and cleans off the roof of his car. Nice. Well, that's about time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. The best part is they zoomed in on his license plate and the name of the business. Oh. Talk about shaming. Busted. Snow shaming. Snow shaming. Yeah, because that's huge up here. Because nothing, if you've ever been driving on the highway and you're behind a big truck and they hit a bump and you see that piece of ice that's the size of a piece of plywood fly off the top and you go yeah that's not good and it always hits you it never goes over you no it always hits you yes and it's it's like that thing it's like almost like uh when you're driving you can never pass a jogger without another car in the other lane or a biker yeah in the middle of the road so it's it's just that catch 22 but yeah the the sheets of ice on who was it um so a retired police officer I know drives um, a box truck now, and he had a large sheet of ice come off like a minivan and went through his windshield. Oh. Yeah, I'll show you that picture later. But, yeah, I mean, it's dangerous, so don't be lazy. This is just the lazy segment. Get your wife to the, to the hospital on time. Don't be stupid watching TV. And, two, clean off your damn car. And, you know, if you need to know how to clean off your car, I suggest there's a YouTube uh, video. I think it's either under Dustin Fitch from the state police, Mm -hmm. Massachusetts State Police, that is, or it's under the Massachusetts State Police YouTube video, and it tells you exactly how to clean off your car. But Mansfield PD in Massachusetts. I mean, the. the, uh, Yes. Yeah, he put a collapsable bus stock and uh, a red dot on his. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was actually pretty funny. And, you know, Mansfield PD, Mansfield Mass, shout out to them. Uh, they did a great video as well. And it it's, come on, people. Just get a snow brush. They're not that expensive. They're relatively cheap. It's five minutes. Five minutes of your life. If Go that. Go there and clean the damn thing off. If that. Yeah. Oh. If that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we should probably be wrapping this up. We're at uh, almost an hour of us babbling, and Woo! hopefully it'll make you uh, have your commute a little better. So I think we had a whopping, we have a, a whopping four followers now. What? But we've had almost uh, 45 listens. So I'll take it. 
Yeah, you know what? I'll take it. It's better than one. So, yeah, but like I said, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for checking us out. And once again, Chris, what's the magic numbers? 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-TALK. Or you text TALK to 741-741. You can also do blue. Blue. What was the other one? There was blue and there was one more. Blue talk and help. Help. There we go. So I think if you just text almost anything to seven four one seven four one, you're going to get a response. Yeah. I think it's just who they're going to direct you to. And they'll uh, they'll get back to you, and yeah. you know, hopefully they can help you out. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, do us a favor. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. We'll f- try to figure that one out on you. Um, Twitter. And, yeah, and Twitter. So, but uh, yeah, if you have any suggestions, any comments, uh, comments be nice. Like I said, we're new at this. Um, it's podcast.hiddenbattlesfoundation at gmail.com, or you can hit up Chris at chris.hiddenbattlesfoundation at gmail.com, or just hiddenbattlesfoundation at gmail.com, or just message us anywhere else on that. So thanks a lot, guys, and uh, till next time. Scott and Chris coming out.